Hey, check one, check two. It's G from the Academy. Playing a little game of catch up with the media. Because that's what we're all doing. We're all playing catch up with the media, trying to keep up with the stories and the news and the information that is disseminated across the nation. How are you? Who are you? Where are you? What are you up to? I can see the beach from here. It's low tide and the wind is whipping the sand towards the sea. Out the other window I can see and hear the sound of freedom that is skateboarding. You know how all the sounds are unique? There's nothing quite like the sound of a skateboard <laughs> on concrete. Right? <laughs> There's also nothing quite like the sound of a skateboarder <laughs> on concrete. Um, in case you hear other things going on, Jazz wouldn't let me put her scooter back in the cupboard, so she's decided that her evening activity is going to be scootering from the kitchen to the bedroom. Hoorah! And why not? So what's been happening? Um, I'm pretty sure that behind the scenes there's far more going on than we're ever going to be to be introduced to. There's far more going on than we can even believe. Because truth is stranger than fiction, right? Those who have lived know truth is stranger than fiction. For sure, to to fear the facts of life is, is to fear life itself, really. There's a lot of fear out there. A lot of people are scared, especially the timid elements of society especially but then it's all by design right it's all by design it's all part of the plan it's all part of the system of control of mind control of thought control Previously known as the Security Assistance Group, the 77th Brigade, there's a number for you, has stood up, has stood up, was stood up, was created, was founded in 2015 as part of Army 2020. The arms of the government have always been the army. The poor people sold as soldiers, really. It's what they are, sold people. You have given yourself to the cause of another. To a greater cause, perhaps. 
The Security Assistance Group had been established following the amalgamation of the Media Operations Group, 15 Psychological Operations Group, Security Capacity, Building Team, and the Military Stabilization and Support Group. I bet you've probably never heard of any of those before. How many other groups are there that you don't know about? It's quite fascinating the the elements of, of society that, that exist that people know nothing about. Um, I first discovered this when I listened to uh, John Taylor Gatto presentation which covered the 12 or 13 principles of elite schools. Um, I, I've got an article on that somewhere. Somewhere, I think it's the 13 principles of elite schools. And one of them was that what makes the private schools better is that they study the organization of society. In, in, in a normal mainstream school, you're just told society is the way that it is, almost as if it's all random. Yeah, But nothing is random. The streets are not random. The houses are not random. The systems within the houses are not random. The technology is not random. The percentage of people guided into certain jobs and occupations in society is not random. That's why you had guidance staff in schools, right? Staff. Why are they called staff? Yeah. What is a staff? Are you even aware? So, so one of the th one of the things that a private school does is that it ensures the students understand all of the the pillars and layers of society. And of course, one of this is the is the military. One of the pillars is the military, <laughs> and all its wings and divisions. And for a lot of people in the military, it's just a job and a well-paid job at that. And because you're going to risk your your life, <laughs> you're going to put your life on the line. But in more ways than one, in more ways than you realize. Yeah. Very special medical operations happen in the military, within the military. How many of those? Are you aware of? Do you know the British government used the military to radiate their own population in the 1960s just to see what would happen? <laughs> and they didn't just radiate the populace. But what they did was they, they parked a battleship off the coast and sprayed the radiation into the air and then just monitored what happened. Of course, they didn't tell anybody about it, right? Go and go and search that out for yourself. That's just one thing. One thing. <laughs> one thing, right? <laughs> you know. I've seen what. I've seen what's been happening around here. Seventy hmm. seventh Brigade is described on their website as being about information and outreach. It's inf information and outreach. Outreach into your computer in your home, right? But what does that mean? General Carter. General Carter says, we also don't need to continue to improve our ability to fight on this new battlefield. It's about, see, the internet's a battlefield. And I think it's important that we build on the excellent foundation we've created for information warfare. Information warfare. Information warfare. Just check out the terminology through our 77th Brigade, which is an interesting number, which is now giving us the capability to compete in the war of narratives at a tactical level. Just read that again. That just, just, just focus on that, that concept. The capability to compete in the war of narratives at the tactical level. In this context, then Carter's words from last week's live stream should be 
viewed. What does that mean? Carter has a Carter has acknowledged. Well, whatever. Just scrap that last sentence. I don't know what that means. Carter has acknowledged that the British military is waging war on a section of its own population. There you go. <laughs> There's focus that focus on that one. Carter has acknowledged the British military is waging war on a section of its own population. Carter mentioned working with the cabinet's cabinet offices. Rapid response. I did just. Did you get that? The British military is waging war on a section of its own population. Carter mentioned. Drop the mic. Carter mentioned working with the cabinet office's rapid response unit, established in April 2018, and also known as the fake news unit. The British government has a fake news unit, and they want they want to get you into trouble for putting out fake news, right? for putting out stories that you can't check and you can't verify, but the, the government actually has a fake news unit. Hello. The rapid response unit was given an initial six months funding. It brought together a team of analysts, data scientists and media and digital experts. A team of analysts, data scientists and media and digital experts armed with cutting-edge software chop, chop, to work around the clock to monitor online breaking news stories and social media discussion. To work around the clock to monitor online breaking news stories and social media discussion. Are you even aware of what is going on? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of the, a lot of the names, a lot of the big people that are out there on the net are fronting, right? They're fronting. And some of them don't even know that they're fronting. Yeah. They're doing what they're doing in good faith. But but they're being tricked and they're being fooled. It happens to the best of us, right? At a certain point in time, you you verify, verify, verify. At a certain point in time, you've got to go on faith with certain things, and that's when they—that's when they catch you. They get into your confidence, right? Look at, look at, look at, look at this man. Look at what he's wearing, right? Hmm. Protect and save, right? Meanwhile, the government wages war on its own population. Uh, the source of that article is the, the UK column. By the way, by the way. Um, another interesting study from wmbriggs.com. There is no evidence that lockdowns have saved lives. It is indisputable that they caused great harm. Um, this is a great study with uh, a plethora, that's a great word, of uh, data. Uh, perhaps even too much, but you you're better to have too much than too little, right? So, and it's great that people have gone to the effort to put all this information together. But then, who are these people? Ah. It's an interesting study. Um, the conclusion of the study is, in the end, it does not come down to country or even city level statistics regarding C19. It comes down to people. Each individual catches the bug or not and lives or dies, not because of their country, but because of themselves, their health and their circumstances. Any given individual might have benefited from self-quarantine and loss of job. <laughs> Hey, just as any given individual might have come to a bad end from a lockdown. The only possible way to know is to measure each case, which can never happen. You see, the, the, the power of the invisible, right? The, the power that, of things that you don't know or can't see because it didn't happen, right? If the money didn't go here, then maybe it would have gone there and maybe there would have been better than here you know that's that's part of the falsehood that is taxes basically where the argument is that 
people don't know themselves how to spend their money, societies don't know, so government has to make the decisions. But we've seen from the last two weeks that government just makes up everything, right? They just make it up. We just, we just covered that. They've got a fake news unit. The government actually have a fake news unit. Um, not only that, the, the media sits down with government and plans the stories months and months and months in advance. There have been articles on that in the past. I've seen articles with uh, a three to six month like uh, program of information that will be disseminated through the media where the cabinet and the ministers sit down with the media and you know they they work it all out. They strategize. And you think that it all happens by chance. You think that tomorrow's front page is just the way it is, right? Well, what should we conclude? What can we conclude? Only one thing. That we cannot conclude that lockdowns worked because we have nothing to compare it to. The only evidence for lockdowns is the desire that lockdowns is a desire. It's the feeling. I think that they worked because no, they worked because I say they worked, right? That and the embarrassment in admitting to error, which politicians never do because um, they're psychopaths. What politician anywhere will cop or admit to ruining the economy, the lives and the lives of millions of citizens? Who can say, ah, it was only a few trillion. This will not happen. It just won't. All politicians will go on repeating the same mantra that the lockdown saved lives. And look at these graphs and look at these numbers and look at these graphs and look at these numbers and I'll pull a magic rabbit out of my hat, shall I? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, thescientist.com um, and this is, an, this is an old article, but it's pretty relevant because they're discussing in the article the lab-made coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> made in a lab, but don't worry, right? Don't worry, this is, this is a natural, naturally occurring virus, of course. Of course. And it was interesting how they had to put this preface to the article, which was, which was that there is, of course, no evidence that uh, this is a lab-based virus, which is just rubbish, rubbish. There's lots of evidence. The, um, uh, the guy who got the Nobel Prize for HIV said that um, it's man-made. Uh, the guy who authored the bioweapons treaties says it's man-made. Indian researchers say it's man-made. Austrian researchers say it's man-made. Hmm. And, of course, We've got the original papers from the universities and studies saying don't do this because if it if, if this disease or this virus gets out then then it's going to be super deadly uh, um, amongst certain elements of the population and hmm anyway the scientists are psychotic at every level ralph barrick an infectious disease researcher at the university of north carolina at Chapel Hill last week published a study on his team's efforts to engineer a virus with the surface protein of the SHC014 coronavirus found in horseshoe bats in China and the backbone of one that causes human-like severe acute respiratory syndrome SARS in mice. Yes. The hybrid virus could infect human airway cells and um, cause disease. Tra la 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 la. Um, this information was published in Nature Medicine. The results demonstrate the results of the experiments demonstrate the ability of SHC014 surface protein to bind and infect human cells, validating concerns that this virus or other coronaviruses or other coronaviruses found in bat species found in bat species may be capable of making the leap to people without first evolving in an intermediate host. Well, they're gonna um, just do that in the lab tests, right? Nature reported they also reignite a debate about whether that information justifies the risk of such work known as gain of function. 
gain of function is just like super weaponized, supercharged, super fast, super deadly. Um, if the new virus escaped, nobody could predict the trajectory. Says Simon Wayne Hobson, a virologist at the Pasteur Institute in Paris. In 2013, the U.S. government put a stop to all funding for gain-of-function studies, theoretically, but what happened is they uh, just paid foreign, um, they, they, they just shipped all of their studies to other countries, like China, and then paid for those laboratories to continue the work. With, um, uh, with concern rising about influenza, SARS, and Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. The National Institute of Health has funded such studies. Dun, 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 dun. The National Institute of Health has funded such studies. The National Institute of Health has funded such studies because they help define the fundamental nature of human pathogen interactions, enable the assessment of the pandemic potential of emerging infectious agents, and inform public health and preparedness efforts. NIH Director Francis Collins said in a statement at the time, these studies, however, also entail biosafety and biosecurity risks, which need to be understood better. Well, now we bloody understand, don't we? Don't we? Now we understand. Yes, yes, cat's out of the bag now, isn't it? along with the dog and the parrot and the giraffe, right? Everything is out of the bag. Because <laughs> knowledge, knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is the basis of our action, right? And the ability to act is everything. Execution dominates over the ability to think through every possible consequence or every possible result. The only way to learn is to do. You might want to observe at first, but eventually you have to act. And then with action, you realize that almost everything is is possible. <laughs> Almost everything is possible. Oh no, you shouldn't do that. Really? Really? You know, once upon a time, planes were impossible. Right? <laughs> How ignorant we are of the world. How ignorant. How much ignorance is there? Ignorance, well, that's just simply the rejection of things that we know nothing about. That's what it is. The rejection. <laughs> and we're quick. We're quick to reject anything that contradicts our, our narrative. The story that we have told ourselves. Off-guardian.com reports 10 steps to turn a pandemic into the brave new normal. It's a very good article. I'll just read you a short part of it. The brave new world that we've created, how glorious it isn't. Why not just shut down your hospitals? to all but COVID cases. Clever, huh? Cancel elective surgeries, kidney dialysis, cancer treatments, normal GP consultants, consultations. Uh, basically all non-emergency healthcare. Thus, inevitably, you increase all-cause mortality. The death rate shoots up and you write whatever you want on the death certificate because who cares? once somebody's dead, right? Not that, not that it isn't a crime, right? Because it's actually a crime to write the wrong cause on a death certificate. I mean, the level of criminality is beyond belief, really. Why not just change your laws in numerous ways to allow almost all of these new deaths to bypass normal checks and balances? Um, and we just, you know, follow the simple, easy diagnosis of 
presumed COVID-19. You know, the test may be accurate or inaccurate or whatever, but as long as we have a simple clinical presentation, everything is fine. In case some attending medics are reluctant to go along with this, we change the law to allow a single medical doctor who may never even have seen the patient in question to diagnose COVID-19 at his or her own discretion based on another person's description. Then report these startling numbers of new cases you find as a result of these various manipulations as evidence for how essential the new authoritarian measures for saving lives are. We're here to save you. We're here to save you. The same mantra was used by the Bolsheviks and the communists and the national socialists, right? And the Maoists. We're here to save you from yourselves because you don't know how dangerous you are to you. Of course, you're dangerous to you, but we're not dangerous to ourselves. No, because we talk differently. With no sense of irony, introduce mandatory do not resuscitate for any demographic you consider useless. If challenged, talk about human suffering, limited healthcare resources, and, and other such nonsense. And don't forget to just total up any extra or unnecessary or unknown deaths, such as the 20,000 in UK care homes that, no, that nobody knows why they died, according to the British Medical Journal. Uh, and then just get your, your, your hack paid idiotic dumbed down news reporters to write stories like how it feels to live in fear of each other. Um, Real, real news story. Real news story from, from CNN, which is basically a diary entry of mind fuckery. Let me read you some of this. A lonely boy crosses a field in the late afternoon, leaving a young woman lounging in the grass. He might be seven. Near the edge of the field, he sees a man and four children throwing a frisbee. He asks if he can play. The man pauses, stumbling over his words, and finally says, no, with some forgettable explanation about viruses. I am that man. My five-year-old keeps talking about death. All this fear will have lasting consequences. We cannot know what they will be. Last Sunday, we had a visitor, a friend I'd known since childhood. Jessica knew and loved all our children, especially the youngest. Jessica got out of the car and sat on our front steps. We walked outside and stood at a safe distance. The two-year-old ran towards her. And Jessica told her to stay back. And she looked at me with the saddest eyes ever. Jessica told me later. Yeah, screw you, reporter. Screw your new dystopia. Screw it. Take it and shove it, right? Because as Stephen Donovan, my, I, I, I call him a kind of mentor in, in, in this because you've all got people that you learn from and I've definitely learned a lot from him. Um, as he commented, if you believe in this shit, you're already dead. You're already skull-fucked out of your humanity. And it's strange, because I used that word when I... When I returned to this country after many years of being away. And I was shocked by the closed-minded and isolatedness in the mentality of people. Um, it seemed to me that people had been skull-fucked into living very one-dimensional lives really not understanding anything else other than what they saw or had presented to them on a daily basis. And what they have presented to them on a daily basis is just scare stories, misinformation, and everything presented to them through the media manipulation, skull fuckery, mind control system led by 
led by the letter organizations G C H Q C O V I D one nine science C nineteen science according to PJ Media is scaring science is scaring people now and you know science originally was it grew out of the enlightenment this challenge to ourselves to be better this challenge to ourselves to understand the world around about us and sadly academia has been taken over there have been many articles in prestigious medical journals the British Medical Journal the the Lancet etc um, stating that between 25 to 50 percent of scientific papers are just rubbish they're scientists who've been paid to present certain kinds of information to to the public um, you know sadly science has, has been has been overrun right it's been overrun look at them um, what do you think you know what do you think is the method of of takedown and takeover now it's scientific it's always scientific with that you know the with that with that keystone of controlling public health both physical and mental and it's all just a case of, of history repeating. There's nothing new here. Absolutely nothing new. Um, let me read you a bit. George Satiana famously said, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Some truths are eternal, but real science is always growing and evolving. To base public policy on scientific truth is to emulate emulate excuse me the behavior of the slave owners the xenophobes racists and nazis well it's not that truth is the problem it's that at at its core people are corruptible society and, and as a result as a result societies are corruptible we see it you know, we, we see it with this, bicycle shops can be open, but churches must be closed. Um, but the values have gone. Morality has been replaced with ethics, which is a, you know, it, it's, it, it's a very poor brother or, or sister to what we really need. Our political leaders need to remember history in order to avoid repeating it. They also need to understand it. And I've, in my life, I've had several situations where I communicated with people on high-level government organizations. And there seems to be two groups. Those that you respect because they know what they're doing. They've got a difficult job and they weigh and balance everything carefully. And those who just have no idea. I've worked with judges of Supreme Courts in various countries. And I'm, I'm shocked by their lack of awareness, their lack of knowledge, their lack of understanding, their, their blind belief that they must do everything they've been told to do. Hmm. Sad, really, because they've got the best intentions of, of creating safety through public policy based in science, but it very easily morphs into something darker if you're not careful. And if the leaders don't recognize the danger of the policies that they are enacting based on dubious science, not all science is dubious. Um, but we need discernment that skill that is forever lacking um, you know it's and it comes down to the people it comes down to the people to, to make the difference the people to understand the people to educate themselves and 
it seems to me is that people will put up with any level of insanity provided they have provided they're somewhere in the middle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs right hmm. where's your line in the sand yeah what order will you disobey <laughs> is there any kind of disobedience that is civil and acceptable anymore is there is there hmm. still we can breathe or we can search right we can look we can see we can conclude we can realize you know that just you know just stop and think for a moment right like the the gates foundation is funding all this medical research to save the world but that same organization has invested 2.2 billion dollars in coca-cola 871 million dollars in McDonald's, 7.8 million dollars in PepsiCo, 1.4 million dollars in Burger King, and 823 thousand dollars in the parent company of KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut because they really care about everybody getting the right amount of nutrition and health, right? So the health in the West has been has been destroyed. We could all be healthy. We should all be healthy. With the amount of money that is in circulation on this planet and with the advances of science and technology that we have, we should all be in prime, optimal, physical, mental, spiritual health. It's 2020. We should all have access to an abundance of fresh, organic, nutritious food, clean, filtered water, Every one of us should have that. It's not a priority to get clean water to Africa, but it's a priority to get vaccines. I mean, it, it, could there be anything more insane? Instead, we invest our money in the poisons. That, that's what pharmaceutical means. It means poison. Right? Because originally part of the Poison was sometimes part of the cure, but of course it's all been twisted now. We advertise poison, we encourage poison, we offer poison, we consume poison, we ingest poison. And then we panic when we get a cold. <laughs> right? We panic when we get a cold. How insane is that? How insane we are. <sighs> but it's all very subtly changed. We've been nudged into a new thinking, a new way. The screaming we used to hear about the pandemic has largely subsided. Now there's a deafening sound of silence as those people might maybe be waking up to the fact that they're headed toward the meat grinder on one or more conveyor belts. And if not you, your friends, or your family, or your future family, the vaccine won't save you, of course. Right? No one is coming to save you. Your social distancing is nothing more than mind control. Your home isolation only destroys you economically, physically, mentally. Your saviors are nothing more than primary investors or their prostitute surrogates who invest in those stock market companies that make huge profits as governments throw money at the pharmaceutical industry 
a hundred billion every six months in order to find a magical miracle wonderful mystical cure they will of course create profit from your illness and sickness not from your health so it's no surprise after you were frightened and terrified into submission that now that the shock has subsided so many people have nothing to see mass shock home syndrome but waking up late is better than not waking up at all and at any time you can take off the mask breathe the, breathe the fresh air breathe the breeze <laughs> and realize that your only source of salvation is connection with others it's the only way because from the very beginning the solution was never really the solution globalresearch.ca pointed out in their article is the lockdown the greatest policy disaster in US history that it is in fact the greatest policy disaster in US history every sector of the economy is shrinking and shrinking fast oil prices have plunged activity in all 50 states is slumping badly business confidence is at record lows personal spending continues to shrivel consumer confidence is dropping sharply the service sector is tanking restaurant traffic industrial production manufacturing corporate earnings business investment personal consumption bank lending import exports are all down 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 and down there's not a glimmer of light to be seen anywhere. The economy is in free fall while people remain hunkered down inside their homes thinking they're stopping the spread of a deadly virus by hiding under the kitchen table. But lockdowns don't stop infections. At best, they postpone them to a later date. And even that is doubtful. The whole idea of isolating the healthy members of the population to counter the spread of a highly contagious virus is, in essence, delusional. There's no historical precedence to the policy at all. There was no lockdown during the Spanish flu in 1918 when 50 million died. There was no lockdown during the Asian flu in 1957. No lockdown during the Hong Kong flu in 1969. No lockdown during SARS in 2002. No lockdown during the swine flu in 2009. No lockdown during MERS outbreak in 2012. And no lockdown during Ebola in 2014. There was no lockdown no time ever before but don't worry because it, it's all for your benefit that's why the beaches and the gyms are shut down right because it's all for you or you could just wake up and realize it's not about health right it's about shutting down unsupervised communication between people that's what it's about <sighs> it's about wearing masks that cause a multitude of other health problems it's about making us look suspicious to each other about making us look dangerous about hiding friendly smiles it's about keeping us from talking and walking and conversing and chatting and having free speech free speech free speech and the tree of liberty was once watered by the blood of patriots but now but now where where are these people where have they gone?
What's happening? <laughs> what has happened to the world? What has happened to your world? To realize the magnitude of a problem not created by a virus but, by, but created by a reaction to a virus created by people with a plan EVENT201 right it's not an accident <laughs> But of course, nobody could possibly imagine that such a situation would occur. Really? Really? Have you seen the policy plans that have been released by the large international organizations? Policy plans that have taken 5, 10, 15, 20 years to develop. Right? Suddenly, they're here. Wow. And everything magically connects and fits together. Wow. Wow. And and the people police each other out of fear because they've been trained in Pavlovian response techniques since early childhood. They've been trained to obey authority. They've been trained to obey uniforms. They've been trained to obey the television and the radio and the newspapers and the magazines and the music and the cults, the cults of the culture. They've been trained to follow where, right now, where are all those motivational speakers challenging people to get up and get out and make a change? So where? Like, a, like in a puff of smoke, they all, they all vanished, right? <laughs> right. How the loudest voices become the quietest very quickly. <laughs> right. You know, I've always said that the challenge to change is going to come from unexpected sources and unexpected places. Because it has to, because it has to defeat the algorithms that are in place. And that's what the system fears. The system fears the independent man and woman. The system fears the independent ideas. The system fears the independent wealth. The system fears the independent thoughts. The system fears the sparks of creativity when great minds come together. The system fears that. <laughs> it's amazing how one person can change everything, right? One person. Every great discovery in history was made by a person. One person. You know? One person with, with impetus and drive who persuaded other people to invest in their venture and then suddenly we had planes, right? We had cars, we had roads, we had trains, yeah. <laughs> we had, we had greatness. Where's that greatness now? I mean, do we even, do we even have the ability to maintain the ideas of our ancestors? Do we even have the ability to understand it? Go and read newspapers 100 years ago. See if you can understand them. Go and read books written 150 years ago. See if you can understand it. 
right? We are a society that is suffering. We have amnesia. We've been overloaded. We've forgotten the good things that exist. The great things that are out there. The greatness within us all. <laughs> it's almost been trained out of society. Now is the time to make a difference in your world, in your community, in the lives of those around about you. Now is the time to assist, to reach out, to help, to care. Not to tell tales and report and tattle on people. But to reach out and connect with people and find out what they're doing, why they're doing it, their motivations. To understand them. To understand what is happening. And to grow together. My name's G. I represent the Academy. If you want to connect while you still can, you can reach out and connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. It's the Academy of Language Therapy and Life Coaching on YouTube. Pick up a video before everything hits the fan, right? It's coming, it's not getting better. You've seen the preparation. This is an information war. Prepare yourself accordingly. That's it for me today. There'll be another short presentation very soon. I'm quite sure. Wherever you are, Take care of yourself, take care of the people around about you, and don't forget to tell the ones you love that you love them. Catch you later.